and welcome back to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, it cannot be overstated that 2020 was a tough year for anyone connected with public safety. And 2021 seems to be on par so far, although hopefully to a lesser extent on our police, sheriffs, 911 emergency communications personnel, firefighters, and others. There's good news that comes in the form of support and wellness for those heroes and their families and support groups. Cortico is a wellness application that addresses the needs of our public safety family. My guest today is the president and co-founder, well, he's the founder of Cortico, Dr. David Black. As the founder and chief psychologist of Cortico, Dr. Black, PhD leads a team of professionals dedicated to providing customized, confidential, mobile wellness applications for law enforcement agencies nationwide. A clinical psychologist by training, Dr. Black was inspired by the heroic sacrifices of first responders on September 11th, 2001, to explore how technology can transform behavioral health for as many first responders and their families as possible. He serves as chief psychologist of the California Police Chiefs Association Wellness Committee. He's a founding member, board member of the National Sheriff's Association Psychological Service Group, and serves as their chair of technology and social media. He's an advisory board member for the National Police Foundation Center for Mass Violence Response Studies, serves on the IACP Police Psychological Services Ethics Commission, serves on the National Fraternal Fraternal Order of Police Officer Wellness Committee and Provider Evaluation Subcommittee. He's also the Officer Wellness Subject Matter Expert for the California Commission on Post. And Dr. Black serves as keynote speaker at annual law enforcement conferences, including organizations such as the FBI, National Academy Associates, and the National FOP. He's been serving law enforcement since 2002. Welcome, Dr. Black. Hey, thanks, Jim. Thanks, everyone. It's such an honor to be here, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I've had the opportunity to do some research on Cortico, and I, I just see it as, as just a great tool to take care of our first responders and their family. Tell us a little bit about Cortico. I understand that it's an app that focuses on wellness, uh, some other collater collateral issues for uh, public safety personnel. Can you tell us Absolutely. Yes, it is. It, it is an app. It's designed to help uh, law enforcement and their spouses, significant others. It's designed to make as big a positive impact on the profession as possible. As a psychologist that works with law enforcement has been doing it for a long time, uh, there's nothing more rewarding to me than being able to help a hero. If I can save a hero's life, that's like the best thing I could ever imagine doing with my own life. Um, and just the countless times I've been working with cops who are out there putting their own lives on the line, they're, they're heroes. You know, I always tell people, so cops are the toughest, most resilient, strongest people out there. Your average citizen in the United States would never say, yes, I will take a job that requires me to wear body armor, carry a sidearm, run towards shots fired, deal with the most dangerous situations, deal with the most dangerous individuals, and, and do it all in service of people whose names I don't know typically. And yet that's what law enforcement does every single day. And they're, they are tough. They are strong, strong people that are capable of, of bearing that mantle and, and carrying that weight. Uh, but they're also human. And the thing is, is the research shows that your average law enforcement officer over the counter, the course of their career, they encountered nearly 200 critical incidents. 
And critical incidents, of course, are these incidents that overwhelm the ability to cope. This is things like watching a child die, for example, or you know, being assaulted, watch, watching your partner get injured, all these kinds of things. And, and law enforcement encounters these critical incidents a lot. Your average person in society who, who doesn't serve and protect, you know, what do they encounter? Maybe two, three, five critical incidents over the course of their lifetime. So even though law enforcement are super strong, super tough, and resilient and courageous, we're just asking so, so much of them. And as a psychologist, I was frustrated by the limited ability of psychology to, to help the heroes. And, if, and as you mentioned, I, I was inspired by September 11th, 2001, the heroism, the sacrifices of United States first responders on that day. Um, you saw law enforcement, you saw firefighters, you saw, you know, they're running into the Twin Towers, they're putting their lives on the line. And uh, I was on my honeymoon at the, at the time, and my wife and I were, were talking about the, the impact of it, as everyone was at the time. And she said, you know, and she's a psychologist like me, and she said, you know, I'm going to join the FBI. And I was, was inspired by her and by all this. And I said, I'm switching my career and I'm working with first responders, you know, and I, I'm, I'm so glad I made that decision back then. Someone just gave me a a 9-11-2001, um, you know, memorial coin uh, for the 20th anniversary, never forget. And, um, and I think it's that mindset of coming to it. How can we always do more? How can we always help more of the heroes? It's, I always feel like whatever's being done isn't good enough. It's not enough. And the app, the Cortico app is about, the vision is to scale out that ability to help in a very, very high quality way. Uh, to a reach that I could never possibly do as an individual psychologist. So instead of just being able to, you know, help one person at a time, now we're able to help, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands at a scale that otherwise never would have been possible. So how, how does the app work? Can you, you know, walk us through how a first responder accesses it? Absolutely. So what it's nice because it was born out of a lot of experience working with law enforcement. And so there was an understanding of all these different elements that had to be in place. Um, one, first of all, it has to be confidential. Uh, when, you, when you talk with cops or other first responders, you say, you've got this amazing wellness program. What would be your barrier to using it? Number one response is confidentiality. So we designed it for that. Um, second it has to be 24-7 right? Uh, law enforcement works 24-7. Their problems come up 24-7. It's got to be available at all times. It's super easy to use. It's got to be a very, very simple interface. Reason for that, um, cops and other heroes often put off taking care of themselves. They're focused on taking care of others. And so their problems have often gotten uh, fairly severe by the time they reach out. And sometimes they're in a crisis situation. So we, we make it very, very easy to use. Um, so it's easy, it's accessible, it's high quality and it's scalable, all these things. So from a practical standpoint, what that means is I can get in there and I can get immediate help. If I'm in crisis, I can reach out and, and talk to someone. Um, if my department has a peer support team, I can see who they all are. I can read about them. I can see their faces and I can connect with them, speak with them. Um, now, if you're a large agency, that works one way. If you're a smaller agency, that works another way. Uh, what if I want to reach out to a chaplain? Reach out to a chaplain. Uh, what if I want to talk with a high quality law enforcement therapist? This is a particular passion of mine because over the years, all the countless stories I've heard about it is very, very upsetting when you get into this, but 
you get these law enforcement officers who are out there putting their lives on the line for everybody else. And then finally they get to their breaking point. Finally, they get to the point where it's enough is enough and I need help. And they push past the stigma. And we all know there's an enormous stigma out there that keeps our heroes from getting help. Just a quick segue on that. National Fraternal Order of Police has researched this and they, they've surveyed 8,000 law enforcement nationwide. 90%, 90% of law enforcement report there's a stigma that keeps them from getting the emotional or behavioral help that they need. And so when you take an officer who's really been pushed and, and they're feeling the effects of it and they finally get past that stigma, that's a big deal to reach out and ask for help. And I, I always call that's a sacred moment, right? Like it's up to us now to be there for that person because they've been there for, for their communities. And too often what's happened is they're given an 800 number to call and no one picks up or they do and they're on hold forever. And they're finally given some list of 30, 40 names, which no one's really vetted. Um, and it's up to them to go through these names. And, and it turns out none of them specialize in working with police hmm. and none of them will return the call. And they finally get an appointment, you know, three months out and they get in the office. It's in a child psychologist. And the child psychologist is like, why are you here? You're a cop. And it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare because we've had this opportunity to help. And so we're trying to get around all that. And that's why we put vetted therapists in these apps, vetted that they work with law enforcement, they get the culture, there's that cultural competence, there's a skill level there. And so, you know, that you can get that through the app is, is reach out to a vetted therapist. Now, um, there's also this enormous set of modules in there that we refer to as the officer wellness toolkit. And that's the self-help part of the app. Maybe you're not ready to connect with someone. Maybe you just want to gather some information, do a little investigation, work on your own. We've packed everything in there we can imagine. Um, so, you know, it's got obvious stuff like suicide prevention for law enforcement, um, you know, critical incidents, depression, post-traumatic stress. It gets in very detailed, for example, how to save your marriage as a cop. Um, and, but then we've gotten really nuanced over the years with putting in so many different uh, topics in there. And so it's videos, it's audio casts that you can listen to like a podcast. Uh, it's interactive. There's a lot of content in there, but one example of, of how nuanced it gets is for example, we've got, um, building strength and resilience on, uh, on I, ICAC task force. Uh, you know, if you work internet crimes against children, that is one of the most psychologically difficult, damaging jobs you can ever have. And um, I have so much respect for people that do that work. I, I think about like the victims that you're helping. If you do ICAC work, um, you're truly making the world a, a tremendously better place when, when you're helping those victims. But that work, uh, just as a psychologist over the years, I've seen that's psychologically damaging to the law enforcement who do that in, in, in very unique ways. And so we created a whole module just specifically for those law enforcement working on ICAC task force and really proud of that and constantly adding new things. Um, what, one of the modules we're adding uh, right now is uh, bullying and harassment. You know, we know bullying and harassment are, are big deals. And so we've, we've got a new module on that and we're constantly adding new stuff and keeping it up to date. So there's lots of other stuff in the apps, but that I didn't even get into the self-assessments. That's all the whole another piece of it. So yeah, that, that gives you an overview. It's designed to kind of take technology and use it to do everything we could possibly imagine we could ever do 
to help and support law enforcement and their resiliency and wellness and mental health. Yeah. Wow. You covered a lot there. I mean, you, you, you waylaid me on, on the questions I have for you. We will get to uh, officer self-assessments, but I just want to recap some of the things that you said are really important. And, and one, you talked about, you know, essentially PTSD and the accumulated uh, trauma, stress and the stigma. I want to talk about that in a bit. The confidentiality is so important in, in what you're talking about. And then, uh, uh, funny, uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked to ICAC uh, investigator Mike Seawall from Wisconsin, and we talked about um, the the stress, especially to Internet Crimes Against Children investigators, and and how they they keep track of their own wellness and and know when to to talk with somebody. But you mentioned the stigma, and the stigma. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, campaigns to smash the stigma. And, you know, we've had, you know, some horrific numbers in law enforcement suicide. Um, will anybody know? So the, stig the stigma is there. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. But you, you essentially, the Cortico app uh, sort of does the, the end run around uh, notifications within your agency, right? Like nobody really knows when you're calling or, or tapping Cortico. Right, exactly. And, and that's that's key to it. You know, I think we're doing a huge amount to smash the stigma. Uh, let, let me talk about that a minute. So the, the issue here is that the, the work of law enforcement is stressful. It's demanding. It's, it's very tough work. There's a, a tremendous amount of pressure to it. Every cop knows that. You, you go out and do a job every day that, that again, most people could never do this. It's, it's very, very hard work. We've also got very, very strong people doing the work. You put those things together and you have the stigma right there. Those are, it's not that agencies are doing something wrong. It's, it's a natural byproduct of when you have a lot of very strong people together doing a job that requires tremendous strength. It creates the social norm that I must appear strong at all times and I must never reveal a weakness. And the reason for that is because I want, I want my other people on the force to know they can count on me. I want people to know I'm up for the job. Uh, I don't want to lose my job, you know, so that that's kind of the, those are the ingredients that cause that to manifest. And, and the cost of that is profound. I call this the officer wellness trap. You're tough, you're strong, you're resilient. Now you're under tremendous stress, which doesn't end. The job doesn't become less stressful, right? The nature of the job doesn't change, but what creates the trap is the stigma. And if you think about it, if you expose any human being to unrelenting stress, without the ability to heal, that person's gonna break. On the other hand, if you take a strong human being and you expose them to high stress, but then provide intervals of healing in there, typically that person's gonna become much stronger over time. You think about basically what do power lifters do? They put their bodies under tremendous stress, then they sleep, they get protein. Same thing, marathon runners, Olympic athletes, right? Well, it's the same thing for our heroes out there on the front lines, right? They're paying a psychological price for this. And we just have to give them the ability to heal and recover at intervals and different ways to do that. That's the whole difference between breaking down and growing stronger over time. What we see is that upon entering the profession, typically these individuals are portraits of mental and physical health. And then over the first five years on the job, they, the, the rates of depression double. 
the rates of depression double within the first five years on the job. Reason that's important, it's not just a quality of life issue, which is critical enough. Our, our first responders, our law enforcement deserve to have high quality of life. But depression is a good predictor of suicidal thinking and suicide. So we're talking about people being at higher risk of suicidal thinking and suicide now, um, which is obviously a critical issue. Um, then we see increasing rates of post-traumatic stress with each additional trauma exposure, right? Then we see high rates of suicidal thinking. The, the rate of suicidal thinking in the past year for law enforcement is approximately one out of 12. About one out of 12 law enforcement uh, were thinking about suicide during the past year. It's just not right. It's, it's absolutely not right. Um, it, so you think about if you're, if you're in a large agency, say if you have 1,200 people on your force, it means 100 of them were thinking of suicide in the past year. If you're mid-size, you know, maybe 120, um, that means you had 10 people in, in your agency probably thinking of suicide in the past year. Um, so we've, and, and this is, again, it's the stigma that prevents them from getting the help they need. Mm. Um, so I, I could go on and on here, you know, I mean, the, the thing about it is line of duty deaths, we pay a lot of attention to line of duty deaths and, and there's nothing more valuable than the life of someone who, who gave their life in the service and protection of their community. There's nothing more sacred than that. There's nothing more honorable than that. Um, when, when I think about the people who lose their life in the line of duty, those are the people that they need statues built in their honor, town squares. Uh, cities and towns should be named after those people. Um, schools and hospitals and universities should be built and named in their honor, right? The, those are people out there on the front lines, serving and protecting, creating the safe civil just society that allows the rest of us to pursue our life, liberty, and happiness, right? These, these are the heroes out there often very thanklessly, um, you know, giving everything. And, and these are the ones that gave it all. But when we talk about the mortal risk, the mortal risk posed to the heroes out there, we have to pay attention to these suicides because in 2019, an officer was approximately five times more likely to die by suicide than being shot and killed by a criminal. Um, and when we look at the fact that both depression and post-traumatic stress are associated with shortened life terms, lifespans, um, and then we look at the short life expectancy of law enforcement, um, that's, that's where we, we really just have to be doing a lot more here to address the stigma, because mm -hmm. that is the big bear. That's the big issue. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And that's a lot of good information. How... Uh... Can it be used as a check-in then? So you talk about, you know, those early first warning signs or, you know, the first signs of depression and, and how do we make, how do we ensure that uh, public safety officers can access um, the Cortico app early on in, in how they're feeling? Is there a check-in? Do you, do, does Cortico reach out to individuals or are we waiting for that call? No, it's very proactive. This is designed to be proactive, preventative, get out there before it's a problem. This is all about, you know, Noah building the ark before the flood, not waiting around for the flood, not waiting around for a crisis to happen. Now, we've always got to be there in reactive mode. We always need to be there to catch people when they're in crisis. Mm -hmm. um, but this is about going way, way, way beyond that. Um, and there's, there's 
countless things we do to make that happen. So this is one just by making it confidential and then making it super easy to use. And then we go to great lengths to do everything we can to ensure maximum utilization. But there's all kinds of ways we reach out. Push notifications through the app uh, is one example of that. Um, we get chiefs to and sheriffs to record videos. So when you come into the app, for example, uh, you might see your chief saying something along the lines of, uh, thanks so much for using our Portico Wellness app. This is a very tough job that we ask you to do, but it's an important job. You are critical members of our community. We're here to serve and protect our community, but let's never forget you're members of the community as well. Hmm. So these tools and resources, we're providing these for you because we know at times this job is going to be very difficult. It's going to ask a lot of you, and at times we're going to ask too much of you. So use these tools and resources, be there for each other, and thanks for all you do, um, and and enjoy using this app. A message like that goes such a long way to reducing the stigma, making it easy to utilize it. So the self-assessments are a real game changer, real critically important part of the app. In the past, what if I feel like there's something emotionally wrong with me? I'm a cop, I'm undergoing tremendous stress. And what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go make an appointment with a therapist, drive into their office, fill out a bunch of embarrassing questionnaires, and hopefully they're giving me the right assessments and scoring them the right way and giving me feedback. It's, a, it's an enormously inconvenient process for the officer when you think about it. So instead with the Cortico app, you can get right in there and you can click depression or post-traumatic stress, sleep, um, anger, alcohol, whatever. We've got a lot of these in here. And within minutes, confidentially, anonymously, I can click, click, click and get feedback. I might find out I have no issue at all or a mild issue, you know, or it might be moderate or severe. But now I know, now I've got some scientifically accurate information. Uh, law enforcement, you know, trained investigators, right? Like to figure things out. This is, this is huge. You think of how disempowering it is to feel like something's starting to go wrong emotionally, but then that's wrapped in the stigma and it creates this huge barrier. The feedback that we've gotten is suddenly I'm able to actually know for myself what's going on and then get very specific guidance about what exactly I should do about it. Um, that's, that's very, very empowering and, and powerful to be able to do that. Uh, just one other comment on this point. You think about physical damage that happens over time. There's no stigma with physical issues, right? Mm -hmm. If I tear my rotator cuff or injure my knee, no stigma. It's unfortunate, but I just go into the doctor, shoulder hurts. Well, let's do some mobility tests. Let's take an x-ray, an MRI. We know what's going on. Now we can fix it for you. All of that is disrupted when we're talking about the emotional issues because it's wrapped in the stigma. I can't really describe it. You know, I don't have the words for it. Um, and that really gets in the way of anything happening to help. But the self-assessments are a, a way to bypass all that, empower the officer, make it easy to understand what's going on and, and take action on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering, since half of the agencies in America are 50 or less, and then you've got some large agencies with multiple hundreds, if not thousands of officers. Do you take a different approach between a small agency or a large agency? We know in a large agency, uh, they might be able to, you know, put somebody on the bench or give them a breather for a while, take them out of service. Not so much in a smaller agency. 
how can officers um, get the treatment they need and stay connected to the job? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's a great new organization, Small and Rural Law Enforcement uh, Leaders uh, Association, and, and I'm, I'm part of that group and serve on their psychological services. You're exactly right. Um, the small rural agencies are often overlooked, and fortunately, the technology enables us to provide them um, with a level of resources and services that would otherwise be completely impossible. You look at an agency, say California Highway Patrol, for example, huge, large statewide agency and other state patrols and such that we work with. Um, and this is more about organizing resources, making them very accessible, push of a button. But then when you talk about your small rurals, it's very different. Oftentimes they have no resources at all. They might not have any peer support. They might not have a chaplain. They might not have any vetted therapists. So you're basically, the, the nice thing when they launch the Cortico app is they're basically going from zero, nothing, to suddenly having this large array of resources accessible 24 seven, this confidential platform. It's easy to use. It's in my hand whenever I need it. Um, one, you know, one of the positive things that came about over the past year along with all the tragedies, uh, was you saw a lot more therapists uh, move towards teletherapy. Mm. And the app is a really nice platform for enabling teletherapy. So you can connect uh, with therapists uh, through a HIPAA encrypted platform on there in, in many of the apps, and you can call them. And we've seen a lot more of the law enforcement therapists move more towards a teletherapy process. And that's really, really strong uh, for those rural agencies because it's not just do you have you know a therapist in the area that you can drive to and physically meet with them it's is there a therapist in the state and if there's a therapist in the state and we can get them in there suddenly you can see this person the, the one other thing on the the small rurals is it's it's tough when if one you don't have a peer support team but even if you do and it's a small agency uh, it's very often that officers will come up to me and say, you know, you got a little bit of a confidentiality concern here. I got 20 people in my department. We got one peer support person. If I go, you know, talk to that person about my problems, I've basically shared with 5% of the department what's going on right, right. here. And um, so one really great thing we're able to do is often um, pool peer support resources across multiple agencies hmm. in a geographic area. So it makes it easy to reach out to peer support and connect with them from neighboring agencies. That's great. Okay, I'd like to ask you about the assessment and some other things, but right now I'd like to take a break and we'll get right back after a word from the sponsor. PoliceOne.com is the number one resource for your up-to-the-minute law enforcement news, training, and incident analysis. Our mission is to provide you with the information you need to better protect your communities and your safety. Becoming a Police One member is quick, easy, and free. Once registered, you will receive access to secure law enforcement-only training and video tips, articles and sections, and a subscription to our award-winning law enforcement newsletters. Go to policeone.com forward slash registration to sign up today. That's police one, the number one dot com forward slash registration. And we're back with Dr. David Black and the wellness app called Cortico for public safety people in the unusual COVID and hopefully post COVID times. Have you seen an increase 
in the number of people taking um, accessing the Cortico app? Absolutely. Absolutely. COVID was a stressful time uh, for everyone. And we did see a commensurate increase in utilization of these uh, types of resources as a result. So that was good to see that. Um, that's what it's there for. It's there to be utilized uh, at times of need. And the, the last year we saw uh, increased rates of all types of mental health resources, increased alcohol use, et cetera, and mm -hmm. uh, increased utilization of the support resources as well. Okay. So we take that as, sign, as a sign that things are working just the way they should. All right. Sounds good. And then sleep, um, you know, we've talked to several experts on the shows um, over time about how important sleep is. Is there something that an officer can uh, use through Cortico to, to help them with their sleep? Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff in there to help with sleep. You know, the issue, uh, the research on it is about 75% of officers do not get sufficient sleep on their shift nights. Um, so we've prioritized a lot of different sleep resources in there. Um, there's the Cortico sleep assessment, for example, and you can take that through the app and that measures things like sleep apnea, insomnia, and uh, sleep quality. And based on your responses, gives you specific feedback on that. Uh, we've got an entire sleep module in there in the officer wellness toolkit. Gets in how to optimize your sleep, how to fix various sleep issues, uh, specifically how to optimize your sleep working shift work for law enforcement. Uh, and then another thing in there as well are um, sleep sounds. So you can play all kinds of different sleep sounds in the background to help you sleep, which is nice even if you're just sleeping on a normal schedule. But on the other hand, you know, if your spouse and kids are, are up while you're trying to sleep, it's helpful if you're wearing a sleep mask or have blackout shades, but then you've also got the sleep sounds going to act as a barrier uh, at the door. Nice. Uh, to help you sleep better. So yeah, lots of sleep resources available in the Cortico app. Nice. And now, you know, in law enforcement, I guess maybe just a couple of years ago, we heard about mindfulness um, and how valuable that can be in, in keeping us square and settled. And I just found out, I just read an article um, by Crawford Coates on mindfulness uh, directly related to Cortico. Tell us a little bit about the mindfulness program. Yeah, my, mindfulness is is a real what we it's what we call a foundation level resilience technique. In other words, mindfulness fits into many many different types of resilience strategies and many different types of psychological treatments for all kinds of different issues. So it's just it's a core basic skill set. And what it does is it, it takes the busy mind and the distracted mind, mm -hmm. and it helps you sharpen and strengthen it. If you think about you know you wouldn't go to the gym and never work out your abs or completely ne neglect your shoulders or something, right? Well, we shouldn't neglect our brains either. A big part of your tactical edge, a big part of your survival and being able to go home each day is about keeping your brain sharp. And that's exactly what mindfulness does. Mindfulness trains your brain to be alert and present and centered and focused. And so we've got a lot of different mindfulness resources and there. ultimately mindfulness is about one, helping you control your attention. Um, you know, it, there's so much in our environment today that pulls us the opposite direction. Our cell phones, uh, the chaotic nature of police work, you got so many things going on, you have to be a multitasker. 
that pulls you to be distracted and the ability to shift your attention quickly. Mindfulness is about strengthening that part of you that allows you to remain focused and centered and present in the moment in control of your attention. And then the second thing it does is it really helps you stay grounded, situationally aware of the environment around you, as opposed to be getting lost in your own thought stream. And so we've got lots of different mindfulness exercises in there to help people do all kinds of different things. Technology is excellent at, at sort of scaling and automating uh, mindfulness practice, you know, where you don't have to go drive somewhere, get in a group, et cetera. You can literally just plug in your AirPods or just listen to it straight to the phone and do a good mindfulness. And, um, and we've got a lot of them in there that are specialized for law enforcement, you know, designed by law enforcement, delivered by law enforcement. We've got other ones that are about mindfulness preparing to go on your shift, you know, making that transition from home to going out and doing police work, that mindfulness. Then the other part of it, now I'm at the end of my shift, I got to transition to going back home. You know, I think people not in law enforcement work don't appreciate how difficult that is to transition from home life, you know, which is the sacred, protected, <laughs> safe place to going out there and dealing with 911 calls and, and, and the worst case, most dangerous situations in your community and helping officers transition back and forth between that. The other one I'll mention that I'm, I'm really proud of is we've, we've got a critical incident grounding mindfulness exercise in there. Hmm. So, you know, we talk about officers experiencing these nearly 200 critical incidents over the course of their career. It's normal to have very strong emotions after a critical incident. You know, it's normal to be really upset, feel like um, it's hard to center yourself afterwards. And we've designed one that you can listen to. And it's designed as if, you know, my vision for it is, is if I could be there, or some really great police psychologists could be there with you and just ground you. So mm -hmm. it's about, okay, here's what happened. Let's focus on your breathing. Let's take a moment and just get you back into a more calm space. So that's in there as well. Yeah, that's great. And I've never heard it put that way, but it totally makes sense to, to be able to shift gears from home to work and then cycle down from work to home. And I know a lot of, a lot of you know, the traditional ways we're not look, looking so favorably on anymore, like having a, a drink or a couple of drinks to, to calm down at the end of the night or, uh, you know, sit in front of the TV for a couple of hours. But uh, yeah, nice to do it holistically. Um, we're going to wrap it up in a bit. And uh, I've got to take advantage. I've got a licensed psychologist who invented an app and I want some free tips. I want the last the last bit to say, how, what can we do to better take care of ourselves? Is there the ability to do a self-assessment? Am I good right now? Do I need help? Um, you know, on a scale of one to 10, you know, what's, what, what am I running at right now? You know, there's so many things here. So one thing I'll mention is in the near future, we're planning to temporarily put on police one, uh, some of the self-assessments. Hmm. So you'll be able to take these, um, for a limited time only on police one, some of these in the future. So keep an eye out for that. Um, one thing I advise is understand the difference between um, circle of concern and circle of influence. And people who remember back to Stephen Covey will remember this, but this is one of the best things that you can ever do in your life if you wanna take better care of yourself and actually just maximize your effectiveness. 
is understand that there's this large circle in your life called the circle of concern. This is everything that concerns you, everything you're worried about, everything that troubles you. Um, you might be concerned about public perception of policing, for example. You might be concerned about what other people think about you. You might be concerned about mistakes you've made in the past. Within that circle of concern is a much smaller circle. We refer to this as the circle of influence. And the circle of influence is very powerful. The circle of influence are the things that you can personally do to influence things under your own power um, every single day. So what can you actually take action on through your, your thoughts, your actions, your words, your deeds that are going to have a positive impact on your life and the lives of others? And the thing about it is our lives are short, right? Our lives are going to be over before we know it. And every precious second, minute, hour counts. So the more that you can move away from that circle of concern that you cannot do anything about, Right? None of us can change our past. None of us can personally change public perception, for example. So the more mental space we spend there, we're disempowering ourselves. We're making ourselves less resilient because resilience, a lot of it is to what degree do I feel like I can actually positively shape my world? To what extent am I in control in a way that matters? And that's all about focusing on the circle of influence. Initially, you have to constantly ask yourself, is this within my circle of influence? In other words, can I do something today, right now, to improve this? And if the answer is no, then redirect yourself to what's under your influence. Mm -hmm. Meaning I'm in control of how I eat. I'm in control of how I treat myself. I'm in control of how I treat other people. I'm in control of how much I exercise today. I'm in control of how much effort I put into the job, et cetera. There, there's an enormous amount that we're under direct control over but we're often distracted by these things in the circle of concern that we actually cannot personally influence with our own lives. So that's key. Understand circle of concern versus circle of influence. Focus more and more of your time and attention and energy on the circle of influence, and then set goals. Set goals that are meaningful to you within that circle of influence. I'm going to run a mile today. I'm going to go to bed earlier today. I'm going to improve my diet this way. You know, I'm going to reach out more to this person. This is a good person that cares about me. And I'm going to reinforce that connection with them. And then take one step at a time. Keep pushing yourself to get better and better and better at all these things that are important to you that matter to you within your circle of influence. So all of that. And as you're doing that, I think naturally we are all smashing the stigma together. Because the more you say, you know what, there's ways I'm improving. I assume there's ways you're improving too. It begins to normalize this idea that of course, we're all gonna have tough times and we gotta be there for each other. So be proactive, be preventative when it comes to your own health, your own wellness, but then help the brothers and sisters out there as well who are having a difficult time. We're all human. There's enormous, enormous uh, things being asked of you all out there. Uh, it's, it's impossible to do it alone. A hallmark sign of resilience is being able to ask for help hallmark sign of resilience and health and teamwork is that idea that I can reach out for help when needed. Um, so we've got to reinforce that. Be there for your brothers or sisters when they need you. There's nothing more rewarding than being able to help them at their moment of need. And by doing that, we'll all be taking steps to reduce the stigma day by day. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great information. 
how can our listeners find out more about Cortico, read about the articles and, um, and, and take the uh, self-assessment? Absolutely. So go to www.cortico.com. That's C-O-R-D-I-C-O.com. If you're interested in learning more about the Cortico app, uh, on the website, you'll see a form. And ask for your first name, last name, contact information. Member of our team will reach out to you and, and talk to you about it. If you go to the Cortico blog on the website, it's cortico.com slash blog. Lots of articles on there. The Crawford Coates mindfulness article. There's a huge amount of officer wellness resources on there. Uh, and then check Police One in the near future and look out for those self-assessments that will be temporarily available up there. And of course, those are all available in the Cortico apps as well. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. Thanks for all that you do for public safety, law enforcement officers and their families. Appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Dr. David Black from Cortico. Thanks so much, Jim. I really appreciate it. Thanks to you, to Police One, and most important, thanks to all our listeners and the heroes out there putting their lives on the line every day. We thank you and we, we appreciate your service and sacrifice. So thanks so much. All right. Take good care. And to our listeners, thanks again for listening. Is your agency doing enough for your mindfulness and your well-being? Let us know. Drop us a line uh, at policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1one.com. Drop us a note about this show, or if you have an idea for a future guest or a future topic, let me know, or just check in and say hi. Appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and listen in. We'll talk to you again real soon.